Hey everyone, welcome to the Beyond Extend podcast number two, a podcast dedicated to a chat between two environment artists discussing everything about the industry we work in. I'm Timothy and I'm joined by William, who is a friend and fellow colleague of mine. In this episode, we will be discussing how it was to get our first job in the industry, crunch in the games industry, and how we both managed to get through uni in our own ways. There's lots of interesting stuff in this one, so let's dive straight in. Hi, William. Welcome back, man, for the second round. Yeah, I'm excited. What's going on? <laughs> how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I've been pretty busy with just uh, managing stuff. I've been uh, I've been working on the newsletter, working on the blog, working on preparations for like the next tutorials, which you're a part of too, which is uh, super exciting. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to to releasing like the, the first tutorial or the first podcast because at, at this time, that first podcast hasn't gone out yet, so yeah, yeah, I'm, uh... yeah, that's gonna be really interesting, man. Well, actually, when when you hear this, the first podcast is already on, so yeah, I still yeah. need to get used to that. <laughs> yeah, How are you doing? To get used to the timeline. Um, I'm doing good as well. I'm uh, in the last two days of my little little vacation, <laughs> little home vacation. Oh um, yeah, don't remind me, man. <laughs> yeah, and. Um, yeah, I'm also, I started to work on uh, getting everything set up for the tutorial. Gonna hopefully be able to record that soon. So, yeah, I'm excited about that as well. I think it's gonna mm -hmm. be really cool. And I'm also getting ready mentally to go to work again. Or, well, to work again, not to go to work. Yeah, um, <laughs> just to so... sit behind the same desk and do something different. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what work is right now, so. Oh man, it's um, weird times. It is a strange time. I mean, I think we're we're so lucky that we we work in an industry that is like enables us to work from home so easily. Let's say. I mean, yeah, yeah, because the 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 turnaround was pretty quick. Like, um, I know, yeah. I know. Like when I think back, they mentioned it in the beginning of the week, and by the end of the week, most of the people were already home or something. That's true. Yeah, it was. I mean, of course, there were some like difficulties here and there, but yeah, in. Like overall, it was pretty quick. It was pretty seamless, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy because like all my friends, they they still work in like uh, mechanic jobs or like even my dad, like he still has to go to work. Like they have like yeah. a minimal crew on site, but he still has to go in like every day. Yeah, and it's it's so scary. Like as you mentioned, like we're so lucky that we can just like sit sit at home and just do our daily daily work. Definitely, yeah. I mean, it's the same. A lot of my friends, my dad actually also is in the same position. They're all still going to work, and I mean, sometimes the the work part isn't even the bad thing, right? It's it's more about the way to work because you're on the train, whatever. Yeah, true. But yeah, so that's it's 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 one one more perk of the industry, I would say. Yeah, yeah, man. We're so lucky. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been actually super nice. Just sitting sitting at home and um <clears throat> working full time on on all the different things like the blog and and all this kind of stuff that we're talking about and doing this podcast as well like this yeah this was if we if we didn't have like the time off this was uh gonna be pretty hectic doing all the editing and then still the blog and so it's a it's a really nice time to experiment yeah i bet i mean i i've seen how busy you've been and uh yeah, there's a lot of exciting stuff coming up there, so Oh yeah. I'm really interested in all that how all that turns out. Yeah. 
I'm also really interested in when all of this stuff is going to die down. Like now I'm setting up like the fundamentals of stuff, mm -hmm. like the foundations. So I'm wondering when I can find some time to go back into personal work because oh, we, yeah. we, we touched upon it like last week, but, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to get back into it and like work on the project. It's been a project that I've been working on for like over, over a year now, like on and off. Yeah. And I'm still excited to go back to it. So I think, I think it's really, really nice that, uh, I made the switch somewhere along this project from going to like, oh, I'm interested in this now. So I'm going to do like a completely new project in yes. instead I made this change of like, look, I'm just going to stick to this. I'm going to finish it no matter what. And I'm just going to really latch on to something that I want to do. Yeah, that is, that's the thing I, that happened to me a couple of times with working on personal projects, just that, that cycle of you start it, you, you get to like a point where I guess you don't want to continue at that time. And then you have like the two directions. You can come back to it at some point or you just like, you leave it in the dust. And that definitely happened to me once or twice where I just never touched that project again. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, that's, that's, so that's actually, yeah, it is, it is. Because I was looking at other people's work and there was, um, I don't know, I don't remember who, but he was sharing like his uh, personal work graveyard, basically. Mm. And he was, he did like a blog post of like all the stuff that, that he abandoned. Like I'll, I'll, I'll look up the link and share it in the, in the show notes. But it was, uh, it was really interesting to see like just how all the half finished projects that were like yeah. going somewhere really good, but then he just decided to do something else. And it made me, it made me look back at my own hard drive and man, there is so much stuff on that hard drive. Like so many projects that are just abandoned. Yeah. 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 My, my like half, over half of my unread projects folder is just like old stuff that I haven't touched in ages. And <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that's the thing. I mean, sometimes I think, you know, maybe it's, it's a good thing because you, you like you, you did what you did. You learned everything you had to learn from that little endeavor, let's say, and then you can move on to something else and do something that you really want to do. Yeah. But, yeah. But sometimes if you're at a certain point, then it wouldn't have taken that much more effort to finish it. And it mm. could have been such a cool thing. And, but you, I don't know, you just didn't want to, I guess, or. Yeah, it's a, it's an act of balance because I definitely agree that um, you're going to get to a point in the project where the creative spark or like the creative fulfillment is not there anymore. And then it's, mm. it's really easy to give up because you got to that tedious step. Like um, we touched upon it in the previous podcast too, where for me that is like detailing all the assets because I, I yeah. work in a modular way. So I have like loads of assets that are fairly basic when I want to add details because I work with trim sheets and all that stuff. But still like the, the, the entire step takes so long mm. that it's something that I easily procrastinate on. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, I know yeah. what you mean. It's, you hit that threshold where you're just like, uh -huh. okay. All the fun stuff is done. Now I have to do the actual, <laughs> the, the, yeah. the technical work or the tedious work or something. How how do you deal with um, overcoming that step? Um, kind of what I'm doing right now. I just wait it out. <laughs> mm. It's because for me, it's always been like that. It's always been um, so that I have like 
like I said, a couple of weeks of working on it intensely and then a couple of weeks of just not wanting to touch it at all. And mm-hmm. that's usually how I do overcome it. It, of course, makes it so that uh, like I just work on it really for a long time because I'm effectively only working on it for half the time. Um, yeah. But it's for me, it's it really does work in the end because after a couple of weeks where I haven't worked on it, then I look at it again and I'm like, man, I really want to work on this again. I get like a, a little spark, a little idea in my head and then... At some point, I will start again, and then it's it's it's, it's like a the the ball gets rolling again, and it's I don't know if it's the best method of dealing with it, but it's it's been working for me so far, and it also means that I like in in the end your work life balance is a little bit better, mm-hmm. I think, because you you do have those weeks where you're taking your time for yourself. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. interesting, like. Uh, a lot of people have different ways of dealing with it. Like, there's no set way that you that you deal with this stuff. Like for me, um, for me, it's it's more about like taking smaller breaks. Hmm. Um, I tend to be, uh, I don't tend to play like new games because, uh, yeah, it take it takes it takes so long to get into like a new game, and then mm-hmm. I always get afraid that if I get hooked. Like, mm-hmm. I get into a phase where I don't work on stuff for, like, a week. And mm-hmm. in my position with, like, the blog and all the other stuff, like, I can't, um, I can't permit myself to to lose, like, a week's of work, basically. Which yeah. is, it's, in the beginning, it was tough to get used to because I would sometimes get mad at myself because I was, like, enjoying the game. And oh, yeah, then it's like, oh, I need, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then it's like, oh, it's it's time for the blog. Uh, so it was always kind of this this weird thing, but I I've gotten used to it, and now I tend to enjoy it more because I know that when I do play a game, I I play it because I enjoy it, and it's not because like the gameplay is pulling me in or something, or like the the loot grind is pulling me in, or is it making. It's making it oh. like really addictive or something because I tend to play like for for example the division two where you can easily get into this routine of like oh I need to do my my dailies I need to do my weeklies mm. I need to do this I need to do that like it's more it's more casually playing it like I tend to walk around and just enjoy the environments and then sometimes I play with a friend yeah but yeah that's it like I can I can easily just drop that game whenever I want to like there's nothing there's nothing really uh keeping me from not playing for a week gotcha yeah that there is some games that do have like they kind of force you to keep playing or especially with multiplayer games right you always have like friends asking you come on let's do another round or whatever right mm-hmm. yeah. so that's that, that can be that can be dangerous time wise um yeah i've been uh, like i told you uh yesterday i've been i've been mostly playing red dead this week uh red dead redemption 2 because i finally wanted to finish it and um, <laughs> that's a game that kind of has both. Like you, ju- I, I can just walk around in the environment and enjoy it. Um, but also, it has these little things that that keep you going. Right, you have the legendary animals or the the stranger missions and all this type of other stuff that you can do. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah n- n- not only once uh, was it the case that I was in my bed playing. Uh, playing it like at I don't know two in the morning, and then 
you just walk across one more person on the sidewalk and they tell you something and then yeah. it's a whole it starts off in a whole new mission tree and you have to get going and you're like okay i guess i'm not going to sleep anytime soon now so it's like one of those typical oh i'll just do one more thing games yeah 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 totally but yeah. it's man it's a it's a masterpiece man it's amazing uh it, it also brings up the question i was thinking about that while i was playing it um all that stuff you heard about crunching and and the 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 working conditions right mm -hmm. at the studios at the time then i'm like but this game is so great you know but then i was thinking maybe i think i would rather just play mediocre games or i mean it's not only mediocre games, but or like like games are good or great and not not like great as red dead redemption let's say for the rest of mm -hmm. my life if that would mean that all the people that were working on it were happy it's, you know what i mean yeah it's a weird one because um we tend to really focus on the crunch which is, which is fair enough like crunch shouldn't be a thing in the industry but yeah. there's also people that are just super passionate about it and they just do overtime because they really want to work on the thing yeah and I, that's that's the thing it's and the problem is i think that one can lead to the other Right, mm -hmm. like if you yeah. if you are so passionate about it, and you 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 put in that overtime voluntarily, then it might be regarded as like the standard, mm -hmm. and I think that might be what what's happening at uh, studios like Rockstar and Naughty Dog. Yeah, because yeah, those sure. game those are like studios that are that have games that are usually pretty unanimously like praised. Right, those are mm -hmm. like Uncharted. Last of Us, Red Dead Redemption, GTA, whatever. They're all top tier games. And I think people go to that studio with maybe like a little bit of like naivete. You know what I mean? And then they, they're, they're yeah. so passionate about it and they, they just think, oh yeah, I'm working on this now. I, I need to put in all my best efforts. And then it's, it's kind of being, I mean, I don't want to, I, I don't want to, like say anyone's doing that but let's say i would call it exploited a little bit maybe you know mm -hmm. they're they're yeah it's it's a it's yeah. a weird one because i also think that um a lot of new people come into the industry and if they get their chance to work for naughty dog or mm. one of one of those big companies that you mentioned like it's it's really tricky to have a peek into the industry and actually know how the inner workings are. And say you're this one person, one environment artist, landing in, I'm just gonna name numbers here, like in a room with like 20 other environment artists. Mm. And they're all doing like crazy overtime because they're like yeah. super passionate. Like you're gonna feel that pressure, especially if it's your first job too. It's gonna yeah, pressure yeah, yeah. you to stay longer and be like, oh, I guess this is like the new norm. And then yeah, you, you don't while... want to be the one guy that leaves early, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, there were some crazy stories that came out for like people that had to come back into the office because um, they finished like all their work basically, but they had to come back to the office because they got some new work. And then it's like, oh man, that that is so bad. Like if if you're just getting drag back into the office even if you did like all your tasks for the day or the week or whatever hmm. and then they just come up with new stuff just to drag you back in like that shouldn't be shouldn't be the case man yeah it's i mean it's a big it's a big topic in the industry right i think it's it's from what i understand it's gotten better over the last years rather than hmm. worse but um you I'm mean really like in general I, 
in general yeah yeah, yeah. um but i'm really happy that i never had to really do it i i yeah i worked like one night of like eight hours of overtime mm -hmm. and that was it for my uh, for my for my whole career so yeah exactly that's that's like that. another thing that we really have to mention like we haven't worked at those places so we don't know the inner workings of them oh yeah totally yeah i don't want to i don't want to say anything about the management there or the people there we don't know what's the reason or how how the conditions are mm -hmm. yeah but because yeah, just what, we, what we from, only from... <laughs> yeah go ahead yeah no just from what we've heard, right? Like the whatever hundred hour weeks, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, and like all the articles that come out of it, like all the typical stuff that all the other people see too. Exactly. Like that's, yeah, that's the other information that we get. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I was thinking about that. You know, like, ah, oh, this is such a beautiful game, and of course, I want to play more of it. You know, I'd like a Red Dead Redemption three, but I don't want to. I don't want people to. To have to work like in bad conditions for it so yeah i don't know but that's the thing i I don't know what their attitude is like i would love to hear the attitude of people that work in in, in those kinds of studios and if they're like yeah i'm i'm done i'm i'm burned out you know i can't do this anymore or if they're like well it was hard but it was worth it because i'm part of this game now yeah yeah you know like I, you, I don't know you pour your soul is. and your identity into that game Totally. So there, there, yeah, there must be some some fulfillment at the end of it too, and yeah. Yeah, game development is tricky, man. Like I've been through periods where I was like, Jesus, is this is this all I want to do? Like, not not all I want to do, but like there's so much pressure on on you that yeah. it makes you think about like, is this a thing you want to be doing for like another forty years or whatever? Hmm. Yeah, but I mean maybe. Yeah, maybe that's also like the the your personal mindset. Because so for, me, I, for me, it was for me it was in the start. Um, it was just weird to work like forty hours a week because that was the like my first full time job was in the games industry, yeah. and I was like, "Oh well, yeah, I guess I will have to get up every day for the rest <laughs> of my life." You know what I mean? Like I'll have to do this for the rest of my life. Now. There won't be any any summer break. <laughs> You know, that's that's just how it is. And um, but then I think about what else I could be doing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I, 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 there's so many different jobs that I could be doing, and I probably would hate most of them. So, <laughs> I, like, yeah, I do have to wake up every morning and go to work, but at least I feel good about where I'm going. You yeah, know? I, I can't yeah, imagine. We're, yeah. we're really passionate about the stuff that we do. To totally, yeah, and I can't imagine working at a place that you hate or that you just don't care for, mm -hmm. or that you're just neutral about. Like, you know, even working on something that you're neutral about, it means that every bad day is just a bad day. And now, for me, a bad day is maybe an annoying day where I still work on cool stuff. So in the end, it's still an okay day, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's really interesting. Um. I, I did some I did some other jobs before this. Well, they were mostly like student jobs and like working over the summer or whatever. Mm. So I got like a glimpse into like other industries. Like I worked in like chemical factories and all that stuff where my dad works. So I got like a taste of like how how those other things worked. And man, we're so privileged just sitting on our ass like eight hours a day and just working on games. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh i mean yeah that's the thing right that's what like 
I think every job that is so fun that you spend your free time working on it mm. is that's a good sign, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's. I do wanna. I do wanna. Uh, emphasize another thing, like oh, go back to another thing, mm-hmm. where uh, it's kind of a bad thing for the industry in general, where like the the bar to get in or like the pressure to get in is so high that it's that's that's also the thing that makes it stand out from other jobs because for other jobs you can just apply, you have like your diploma, and you don't have to prove that you did like personal work or like outside of work things, which you don't really have to do in the industry, but like a lot of people are doing it. So they have the upper hand on you. So it, there's, there's like this weird, this weird thing happening where everyone is like really trying to push hard to break into the industry and doing like personal work and like pushing themselves. And yeah, yeah. I also, I also realized that, um, that might spark some some interesting uh, conversations about like mental health and how do you balance like all this work with um, yeah with just like doing non work stuff. Like I I realized that over time. Like I'm a workaholic myself. Like I love to work, but there are moments when I realize that there there there's just so much work that i'm doing that i that i that i realized like is this all i want to be doing for like the next 40 years until i retire mm. and even then i'm probably still going to work when i retire <laughs> yeah 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 i mean you know environment art blog number 12000 whatever oh god yeah <laughs> podcast number whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> to yeah, do I mean... like seniority podcasts <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, so I know it's hard, it's hard for me to, yeah, to express it um, poignantly, let's say. Yeah, yeah. but, but it, that's fine. Like I, I can turn it back to a question. Like, um, yes. did you feel any, any of that pressure when you were trying to get in, into the industry? Was it like conscious or was it more like, oh, everyone else is doing it? Um, so for me, it was. Um, I, I definitely, I definitely had that pressure. I don't know if it came from other people or it came from myself. Mostly, I think it did come mostly from myself, um, because the people around me actually, they, they weren't doing it. They weren't working on that portfolio, but I think that in a way also pressured me because I was thinking, oh, no one is doing anything. I think they're all missing the bus. So now I, I have to be the one that does it, you know, so I I don't know. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if it's a good method to get into the industry. I don't think it is because you probably should try and sleep. But what I did was um yeah, go to uni for 8-9 hours and then come home and work on my personal stuff for another 6 hours and then have like a couple hours of sleep and then rinse and repeat. So, yeah, yeah. It's For me it's really hard. It's a double-edged sword because on the one hand what I would tell people that want to get in the industry is do your work. Just put time into it. Get better. Watch tutorials. Uh, do a mentorship. You know, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And then just work, work, work whenever you can. But on the yeah. other hand, like you said, there's this whole mental health uh, situation that comes with that. Or just having a work-life balance is so important. Um, for me personally, it worked out because that period 
of like working really hard on my personal projects next to uni was only maybe a couple months and then i was already in the industry and then i didn't have mm. to do that anymore yeah. so i'm extremely lucky in the way that turned out but yeah i think if uh, if i would have had to do that for let's say another years. half a year yeah or yeah, Ooh, yeah. that, that would have been really rough and i don't think um that would have been good for for me for my mental health or for mm -hmm. anything yeah so you actually had time to do personal work on the side and aside from uni yes so that well i don't know if i had time but i made the time you know? <laughs> okay uh, so i just sub subtracted it from from everything else i was doing yeah um so in that in that time it was it was crazy when i think like back to it now because i don't think i saw my friends like for like weeks at a time you know like it was just going to uni going home and doing yeah. stuff working on personal stuff learning watching tutorials all this and i mean i learned a lot in this time it's it was super helpful of course and i don't think i would be where i am now if i hadn't done it but i don't know if that would be the way mm. that i would tell people now to do it because i think it, it yeah, it probably makes you yeah. wonder if that is um, the only way that you could have gotten to this place, right? Yeah, I, I because... think maybe other otherwise it would have taken a little bit longer, um, but maybe uh, <laughs> I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but there's, maybe I there, there's so many. Then. Yeah, there's so many different aspects to it. Like um, maybe it would have taken a little bit longer, and then we uh, weren't sitting here doing a podcast. Like yeah. it might turn out in, in weird ways like that, because like the, the reason why I also like talking to you is because like you're really passionate about stuff and you do personal work still. Like there's a lot of, per there's, there's a lot of people that don't do personal work and it's mm -hmm. something that really, um, really makes me gravitate towards people because mm. I really, I really like to see people that do that still do personal work that still have that passion to do like environment art in their free time because there's a lot of people that don't uh, make the time to do it yeah because they're, they're too busy doing other stuff which is fine yeah too. i mean especially if you have a family right then it's yeah exactly winning, there's there's uh, nothing bad about it but it, it's something yeah it's just something something about people that still do personal work just really makes me gravitate towards those people yeah, it also means you just always have something fun to talk about, right? Mm -hmm. You yeah, always exactly. have a topic you can you can ask people, hey, can you help me with this? I know you've done this before, you know? Like, I'm going to do some foliage for my scene. I might come to you and we'll talk to you about foliage and how exactly to approach it and what's the best way. And then, uh, I don't know, maybe you have a question for me someday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> I've, been, uh, I've been really curious about, like... Um proper baking and like making quick models but uh i'll have to pick your brain about that at some point but uh nice yeah you, you're doing the tutorial anyway so i might just uh might just get oh, a yeah. into that when that's done um but yeah. i do i do want to go back to like uh uni because it's really interesting to me that you made the time or that you had the time um to work on personal work because when i think back to my uni days um I didn't have the time to do it. Like I sort of turned all my university work into personal projects. Like yes. I tried to like skirt the edges of the brief that they gave us to just turn it into like an environment, even, even if it wasn't supposed to be, <laughs> which was, yeah, sometimes it was really weird when, um, 
the the teacher came over and they were like oh what are you making it's like oh yeah i'm, I'm doing this like this is still within the reef right and they were like uh i guess <laughs> <laughs> because our our school was um especially when when i was in it i don't know how it changed since then but it was uh super competitive at least how how i saw it like i had the same routine i went to uni i went home and i worked more like until until i went to sleep like we we also played some games every once in a while but like that was four years that i didn't really go out to party that much yep and it was like whenever we partied it was like full on because it was only like a couple of times a year you know so you gotta go uh -huh. full blast <laughs> uh -huh. i might i might know what you're talking about <laughs> okay okay <laughs> yeah so but it, it was it was really really interesting to see it from from other people's perspective because we we had some other people in in the school that were super talented we we had this um we had this person uh who was already like a year above me when i joined and he was um good at at drawing in the beginning i only knew him to be good at drawing mm. but then he was also really skilled at programming and then he could build like full good looking environments too. And I was just like, I was so demotivated in the beginning because that was like a guy that could do everything. Mm. And I was just like, what, like, how do I compete with a guy like that? Like he's a, he's a beast. Like he's on another level. Yeah. But then it's always interesting to see them after uni. Because I, I just want to say, like, I was never the best at things, but I was mm. consistent. Consistency was a thing I have going for me. And mm. the people the people that um, were really good and were, like, monsters in their own right, like creative beasts, they, uh, they got into the industry and they sort of fizzled out. Like, they're just doing, doing other stuff now. Like they're they're mm. not as passionate as I am, so yeah. it's all it's always interesting to see the contradiction between someone who really works in sprints and then someone who's like me, who's not the best at it, but is consistent. You're like a marathon runner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was I never realized it until I um, I was in my my second year of uh, working professionally or something. Um. Until I realized that I that I looked back at all, all the other people, and I, yeah, I was surprised that they didn't made it further than I was expecting them to. You know? Yeah, I understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's the thing, right? Some people do have that spark, but then, like you said, it fizzles out because either they do find out that maybe they're good at it, but this is not what they want to do. Or maybe that's just, you know, hard work and they don't want to do it. They don't want mm -hmm. to put in all that extra time. So uh, coming back to your original question about uh, how I had time and what I was, right? Wasn't that your question about how I was still doing like side stuff at university? Yeah, it was um, more about like the, the, the pressure. Like, did you feel the pressure of like yeah. just having to work like all the time? So you said that you were doing your like you were transforming your uni work into personal work mm -hmm. um i tried that a little bit 
And then I just realized it's not going to work because the way that we were working at uni we just didn't have time to like polish and finish stuff. And that's not yeah, what I was yeah. going for. I wanted to make like finished things. So what I did is, uh, I don't know, maybe it was kind of a dick move towards my the, the people in on my on my project team, but I said I'm gonna put in all the time that like I need like eight I think it was eight hours or six hours a day whatever it was, um, but then I'm not gonna put in overtime into this project. I'm gonna make enough to make it work, but yeah. all the extra time I have I'm gonna put into my portfolio because from the start or more or less from the start I kind of realized that what we're doing at uni wasn't going to be ending Enough. up in my portfolio yeah 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 that's, it didn't that's... have the quality didn't have the time didn't have the polish to to be a portfolio piece so yeah. i was like yeah i'm i'm gonna take my time at home and do what i need to do and uh at the start i was like super i i, I was going to every class and um just out of like respect for the teachers you know but mm -hmm. later i then also realized because i had like we had classes that are i think that are really cool for like concept artists and stuff um, or animators. I mean, we we had a like we had a class that was called Anatomy of Mythical Creatures. Oh God! Okay. So yeah, it's like how does a does a uh, what is it like a hippogriff, whatever? Yeah. Like the yeah. How do they work in that uh, anat What what's the word? Anatomically. <laughs> Anatomically. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I wasn't sure about that word either. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> how how they work uh, anatomically? So because, of course, you even if you're making a mythic creature, right, it has to look believable, whatever. So, but that that doesn't really help me when I'm when I want to do environment art, right? Mm -hmm. It's 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 great if you want to be a creature artist or a concept artist for characters or creatures, whatever. But, yeah, yeah. So I just stopped going to that class, or I went to the class, but I was on my PC in class doing my own stuff. Mm -hmm. And most of the teachers actually were okay with it, but yeah. I, uh, and then, yeah, so you have, you do have to prioritize your, your own stuff, right? Um, mm -hmm. That's what I ended up doing and it did work out for me. Uh, and I think my, my teammates weren't too angry with me because I did still do, you know. The, the... Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I sort of had the same phase when I, I had classes that I didn't really enjoy or like didn't really find that useful back then. Mm. I was just like, look, if I get a five, that's it. Like, I just need to hit the bar, like the lowest, the lowest entry point, and then I'm mm. good. Yeah, that, uh, for me, th yeah, that that was that was definitely a similar thought process as what I had. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to hear like how we tackled um, school different in different ways. Mm. But man, it was so intimidating for me. Like there were some people that were just like the top of their class. And um, there, this, this weird switch happened in the, in the fourth year um, where everyone uh, came up to me if they had like Unreal Engine questions because I was one of the first people that really mm. um, got into Unreal Engine and was like working, almost working in it like full time. So if anyone had like an Unreal Engine question, they would come to me. Mm. Yeah, that, that, that's what happened to me with uh, Substance Painter, because yeah, I got into yeah. that fairly early, well, at least early for our university, and mm -hmm. then uh, I remember the, the first time that, like, I think I was in the first or second semester, and someone from the fourth, like, from the last semester asked me something about Substance Painter, mm -hmm. I felt so great about myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's an interesting feeling, because I never, 
I never made the realization that um, on some level I was now the guy that was like seen as like, oh, he knows a lot about Unreal Engine. Like people were mm. looking up to me, but I, I never made that realization again, like until like a couple of years after, after uni, when I was really like thinking back mm. and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was interesting. And now you get into the workforce and you're like a noob again because everyone else knows more about Unreal Engine oh. than me. <laughs> yeah, man. It's um, like, what is it? Imposter syndrome? Yeah. Imposter yeah. syndrome is definitely something to consider. I don't know. It's it's such a weird feeling, like, especially when you come to like a big company such as Ubisoft when you're such a, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I when I came to Ubisoft, I had like, I think like barely two years of experience yeah. and I, you know, I just come from like a small outsourcing studio and, um, I don't know. I, I'd worked with bigger clients before, but still it's like this, these are like, this is the real deal. You know, this is, this is where it's at. And then you meet people like, uh, I don't know, Alex, for example, and you're just like, Oh my God, this guy, he knows so much. I know nothing. You know, oh, Alex, and, Alex Nintertilo. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> but I, I I like him because he's such a, a quiet personality. Yeah, but then but he's you just beast. yeah you just know that he 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 only has like a couple of pieces in his portfolio, like a couple of materials. But man, yeah, he's he's so good. Like yeah. he's he's so nice to talk to as well. That's yeah. That's another weird thing. I, like there's there's two different uh, people I would say, and I think maybe that's that's also what you were talking about earlier with the. Uh, taking time for personal work later is that I, for example, my lead artist for a long time uh, at Elite 3D, he is, yeah, one of the most talented artists that I know. Probably he's amazing at 3D's Max. He's just he knows all the buttons. He knows each each and every single one button in yeah, uh, yeah. fucking 3D's Max, right? Uh, at least it felt so, and he. I said, yeah, you know, he hadn't posted any art, like anything on ArtStation for ages. And um, he's not like, I don't know, he's not like a name that you know. Mm -hmm. Because he's just in the background more, right? And then there's people that they, they I, like, for example, I would say I do it. I take really good care of my ArtStation because I like having this hub where everything I do is. And, yeah, and, yeah. and stuff like that, right? Like, you know, people people get to know your work through ArtStation, whereas yes. like the the people that that you're talking about, um, and I'll bring up an example from from myself too. Um, I work with uh, Mark Cox, like mm -hmm. he was one of the five original people at Frontier Developments. Oh, and he was my lead artist, but he's he's so calm and collective, like you don't really. You don't really realize like all the experience that he has. Yeah. But man, it was so. He, and like the same thing, like he he has a Twitter, but he has like a, uh, a different handle. Like he doesn't really want to be recognized with that name. Mm. And then he doesn't have an art station. He doesn't have art online. Like he doesn't he doesn't have anything like that. But yeah, he's one of the of the bigger people inside of that studio. Even if he doesn't want to admit it, like. Uh, He's a he's a team favorite for sure. Yeah, but I mean, I get maybe that's that's an extrovert introvert thing. Maybe we're just extroverts and we want to show everyone what we're doing, or maybe they're just not working on anything, so they don't have to show anything. You know, I don't know. 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, he's he's also like um, he's been around for a while, so yeah. he he he's not set out to like impress other people or he's not looking yeah. for a new job like he's he's just like this is his job he does it like 150 percent like with with full passion yeah but that's just it like that's... he goes home and does other stuff yeah yeah i mean that's the thing he doesn't have to prove it to anyone mm-hmm. right yeah but... that brings us to a good point though like how intimidating was like your your first job and like getting into it hmm so the interview process was uh, pretty basic at Elite. It was pretty quick. Um, so that wasn't so intimidating. The The interview process with Ubisoft was a lot more intimidating. Um, <laughs> why why do you we, think we that is? A, was that because, because of the big name? No, that was because I had my first call with you and you're just such an intimidating person. <laughs> no, no. It was because um, of me. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it was because I just had so many more interviews. Um, I think I had four in total or three. I don't know. Um, mm. And with the lead, it was just one. So that didn't feel as intimidating. I think at the time, I was so, let's say, preoccupied with the excitement of moving to another country. Oh, because yeah. I had yeah. That was the first. Like, I lived, uh, I lived here with my mom still, and then for the first time, I didn't only move out of my mom's place. But I also moved to an entirely different country that I didn't speak the language in. So it was, <laughs> yeah, that was like what I was thinking about mostly. So um, I didn't really realize I was excited for the job until I stepped foot into the building, you know. Um, and then it was it was excitement, but it was more like joyful excitement. It wasn't really like being scared or anything, or you know, like being being anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got my first tasks, you know, like my first real task to work on, then it, you do feel the pressure because, um, it's not a, you know, it's not like uni where, well, if it's broken, then I guess you can do it again or well, it, it'll be broken. No, it has to be correct. It has to be fixed. It has to be done, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, it's your responsibility. So that, that, that weight of that res- responsibility, definitely, I felt that at some point, um, but it wasn't it, it didn't feel intimidating just because you you usually don't really work with intimidating people right you work with mm-hmm. you work with lovable nerds just like yourself you know <laughs> that all they want to do is just do cool video games you know yeah, like make, create make pretty cool stuff. games exactly like why they're not they're not the most intimidating people in the world i would say mm-hmm. so um, yeah i i get really stressed when when uh, I enter like a new building or like a new work environment or whatever, because uh, I guess it must have something to do with like how others perceive me. Like mm. I'm, I always tend to be like really quiet in the beginning until I kind of figure out like how everyone reacts to certain stuff. And then I kind of like open up a bit more, mm. which was, uh, yeah, it was really interesting, especially on the first job. I, I I still remember. I don't remember that much of it. Like I don't remember like the specific task or like stuff that I was doing. Um, I still I still have some screenshots though, but I don't know which one of them was the first. Um, <laughs> but but anyway, like um, yeah, I was I was just sitting there at my desk, like trying to figure stuff out by myself. Oh, and then mm-hmm. um, Chris Martin, uh, he was he was sort of like my my. My mentor back in the 
back in those days. Hmm. Like he would, he would just like poke me every couple of uh, couple of hours and say like, "Hey, how's it going?" And then it's like, "Oh, well, I have this issue with this," and it was like like really really quiet and like uh, downspoken yeah. about it. And then it sort of it sort of made me realize that it's okay to ask questions. Oh, I don't yeah. I don't know why I I thought that I couldn't ask questions because maybe it was like that intimidation factor of like you're surrounded by industry professionals. Yeah, and you don't want to be the the new guy that doesn't know how to do whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they and they quote unquote like know everything, which is not true. Yeah. But you yeah. think so, especially the first time they come into in the office. Yeah. And then like I, think- I slowly I slowly opened up and like started asking more questions, and then I made this realization that that is just the quickest way to learn stuff. So I just. Yep kept asking questions like whenever i had like I, w- I would try it out first like if it if it didn't work for like half an hour or an hour like i would try it myself but then if it if it didn't work out then i would just ask same yes i think that's that's probably the best way to do it to try it first if you can see see like if you can do it on your own but yeah um asking questions especially in the beginning it's like you said it's the easiest way to learn it's also the easiest way to get to know new colleagues, man. It's mm, that's how I yeah. like that's how I found friends at the start. It's just you ask them some questions and then you start talking about other stuff and then you know you're you're not alone anymore in your new job. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's it's a weird feeling to to because I think what what's what's weirdest to me almost uh, always is that if you're getting into a company, all the structure is already there, you know? The, the yeah. like the the corporate structure of course but also the structure like the relationships between the people and you don't know any of it but you kind of have to make yourself fit you know mm. you, you're like oh i want to like you, usually on the first day you're going to go to lunch with someone right like and then somebody will ask you hey do you want to go to lunch with us then i was like oh yeah can this guy come but then maybe this guy that you just met and you like him, maybe the other guys don't like him. You know, you have to understand all of this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's always these different different little groups of people and uh, other stuff that maybe, you know, there's there's like traditions at different places or things mm-hmm. they do differently. And to, yeah, you have to, that's that's why I think I try to be like, like what you said as well, like kind of laying low, being like more quiet in the first couple of days and just doing like some recon, you know, just checking out the situation (laughs) and how you can make yourself uh, like, or yeah, just to find your place inside of that constellation. Yeah. Do some, do some game dev recon. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I like that term. (laughs) Uh, It's, it's really interesting. Like um, how, how other people deal with it too. Like, I, I don't really have the feeling of people being split into groups in our current environment, like in our current studio. Not to the same degree that, that it was at Frontier. Like at Frontier, you would have like, oh, these are the environment artists working on Planet Coaster, for instance. Hmm. And they would they would only talk to each other. Oh, yeah. And well, it, 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 would, it wouldn't like go to another project. Like some people would have a connection here and there, but it would, it would mostly stick to the, to the same core group where mm. uh, maybe, maybe this is because I joined earlier than you, like here in the current studio, I feel like uh, there's, there's obviously there's still, there's still groups that, that, um, that sort of 
uh, go out by themselves for sure. But maybe it's also because I I work with a lot of them, and it's like I can I can go to like every corner of the office now and just talk to like a random person and not feel like I'm I'm interjecting something, which is oh, yeah. a really no, no, nice they, feeling. They, totally, that's true. Yeah, because especially because it's such a collaborative uh, way of working. Mm -hmm. I definitely I would say yeah the same as you. Like uh, I go to anyone there and I'm like any corner, and I'll know someone pretty well. Um, yeah. but yeah, but of course, I mean, it wasn't, yeah, I mean, there, there's still like these groups that go out to lunch together, whatever, but what I'm, what I mean is like, there is still this, this feeling that for me, at least that you have to first kind of get to know all the, all the routines, all the structures. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And for then sure. fit in not only work-wise, but also socially. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, okay. We're getting close to like the, the 15 minute mark almost. Um, okay. I want to I wanna end the podcast with like uh, one question that we get from our Patreon supporters. Okay. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick a random one, which is a good one. Oh, I, I kind of like this one from Ovi. Like, uh, what was your dream studio and was it Ubisoft? <laughs> it's like super direct, but I kind of I kinda like it. Um, I, my, my answer to this question was... Um, I've been I've been thinking about it for like a, a bit, but my dream studio was always like Bethesda, like working on a Fallout game. That was like my my dream job and like dream studio. But with the release of Fallout seventy six and like taking off my rose tinted glasses, I just slowly started realizing that the the engine itself might be a little bit outdated and need some work. Um. That doesn't that doesn't take away from like the creative fulfillment, but yeah, just seeing the game and like playing the latest one, that was man. I went into that game. I bought the collector's edition. Like for everyone out there, like I was one of those suckers that bought the helmet edition. No! <laughs> because I was like, look, this is a game I've been looking forward to for so long, and then yeah. I started playing it, and I was like so disappointed. And it changed my entire look on like that studio. So yeah, uh, it wasn't Ubisoft, but Ubisoft was pretty high up there. Not to not to like praise because we work for Ubisoft now, but I I just love how big the worlds are at Ubisoft, like Ooh, how yeah. big spaces they create, and it looks it looks and it is so fun to work on them too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, what was your dream studio, man? Was it Ubisoft? Um, I had a couple. Actually, um, uh, I do remember that at, I think when I was leaving uni, I was I said, uh, at some point I want to work on a Far Cry game, which is a Ubisoft, uh, which is a Ubisoft property. So I guess, I guess it, it kind of was. Um, mm. But um, it kind oh, of like you, you didn't realize by then that it was a. Ubisoft no, no, I, yeah, I just wasn't thinking in terms of Ubisoft. I just, I, or in terms of studio, I was thinking about the games I want to work on. Oh, okay, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like I was such a huge fan of Far Cry. I was like, this is what I want to do at some point. Um, and what else? I mean, Naughty Dog was a was a like a big name, of course, just because I don't know. I think that that was like the dream studio of ninety percent of people at my university. Um, Arcane Studios. Mm. was super interesting to me because 
I love that that art style. It's man, it. I love that. Yeah, the 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 painterly look and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I just don't want to move to France, and I don't really <laughs> want to move to the U.S. right now either. So, I don't know <laughs> if it's ever gonna happen. I don't. Yeah, know, that, I don't that's know. that's crap's that off the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing is. I, and I try to tell that to my friends that are just starting out in the industry or that want to get into the industry is I, I try not to think about it because it never happens in the way that you think. Yeah. Because when I was working on my, um, on my first job at Elite 3D, um, I was thinking of so many different studios that could be cool to work on. And then... I saw a job opening for Guerrilla Games. And hmm. um and then I applied and it was like it was some confusion. I almost got it, didn't get it in the end. Um but before that point I had never even thought about going to Guerrilla Games. But then you know it's it's like the opportunity strikes and then you think about it and I think it would have been a great place to work at. So um but but it I, I couldn't have planned it beforehand, and the same with uh, with Ubisoft now. It's just I had um, I had talked to one of our producers, and because I was originally from Berlin, he just invited me to come over for just like a studio tour, and mm. he told me, yeah, whenever we have an open position, just apply, and uh, yeah. that's what I did like half a year later. So it's it's like i could have i could have thought about all the different studios that i wanted to apply at but for different reasons i couldn't have made it work because maybe they weren't looking for people or i would have needed some kind of uh, uh visa right whatever mm-hmm. yeah. um so what i try to tell people is just look for opportunities and something will come along and then yeah so yeah, maybe I mean I guess that that kind of I don't know. It's kind of I'm not, I'm not really answering the question. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no, it's fine. Man. Like it's, yeah. it's good advice because I I had to think back to when I was in uni, and I oh it was even before uni, like in high school when I was doing like uh, graphic design, and I remember in one of the classes like I was talking to uh, a friend of mine. And she was like, oh, it would be cool if you could work for the Fallout games. Hmm. And that was always something that stuck because we were both like really big fans of the Fallout games. Same. And it's something that stuck. And she was like, oh, like uh, Fallout 3 just released. Like, um, or like it was, it was, it came out like a, a year or two past. Hmm. And she was like, oh, it would be cool if you can work on Fallout 4. And I sort of set my sights on that. And it kind of blinded me, like it gave me a goal, which was a good thing, but it also blinded me to like other opportunities because whenever, like if I, I finished uni, like that was the first um, company I applied for. Instead of looking for something maybe more achievable, more realistic. Yeah, exactly. Like, look, they're not gonna, they're not gonna look at me, especially the work that I had. Like my work was not really outstanding. Mm. It was just good enough. 
mm-hmm. um, they're not gonna they're not gonna pay all the stuff that they have to pay just to bring you over to America mm. just to start working on like a, a fallout property. They're not gonna do that. They're it's not a it's not a wise business decision from their end. So yeah, I, yeah, I, that, I think that that rejection just made me realize that maybe maybe I need to broaden my horizon a bit. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's I think it's it might be good to have something in the back of your head, like some mm-hmm. kind of goal way, way in the distant future. Um, but like I said, I think it's not a good idea to get hung up in specifics. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, you can never, you can't make them have a job opening for you, you know? Of course, yeah. if you're good enough, then maybe they'll be like, well, I guess this guy is just so great, we'll have to take him. Um, but... I think just be be on the lookout for 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 stuff. Don't rush it. Like especially, I think of that that question makes more sense if you're still in uni. I think if you're already in the industry, then you shouldn't be thinking about that too much. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, especially then you can just you know find your way. Because especially if you're in the in the industry, a lot of the jobs you know you get through. I don't know, like a friend that you know that can recommend you mm-hmm. or something like that, right? So, yeah, yeah don't get too hung up on that. Um, just, I don't know, go with the flow, I guess. See what see what the world throws at you and see what you want to what you want to grab, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Especially because um, your perception of the games industry and like games in general is going to change once oh. you enter the industry immensely so yeah so it's we can't really you you can't really prepare other people for that like how it's going to change but you're going to you're going to see games as they really are instead of just from a consumer standpoint mm. and you're going to you're going to get to know like all the engines that you get to work in like all the structure that goes in behind it and it's going to yeah, it's going to completely change how you see games. Yes. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much what you said, right? Before, you were just a consumer, and now you might still be a consumer, but you also have that insight from what it means to be working on games, what the whole process behind them is. Mm-hmm. And especially, also, yeah. Yeah, especially in my case, when I was looking at the Fallout games. Like, now... Before I was just looking at like, look, these these are like massive worlds. They have like really unique stories in them. Like I love all the smaller stories that that go on in them. And now I look at it from like a standpoint, like oh, like the the engine might be a little bit outdated. Like some of the texture work is not that that, that clear anymore. Like yeah, it's the the engine itself is showing its age somewhat. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe that's gonna change in like the next installments. But yeah, like. I went from this this perception of like, look, these are massive, massive games that have really cool stories in them, and I love to walk around and just experience the world and like really get immersed in that world. To like, I still love to get immersed in this world, but there's also all this baggage of like, what if I were to work on it, um, and how does the engine work? Like, how does the structure work? Like, what do you mm. get to do on those games? Like. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff that goes into making games instead of just like playing them. Yeah, yeah, and you see the you see the studios in different lights as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, all right, now, 
Yeah, that was that was a that was a really really good answer on the on the the Dream Studio question. I think I think yes. we hit on a lot of a lot of subjects that we can easily expand upon again. To totally. All right. So that was the the end of the podcast. I guess I think um, that was a good way to end it. Like uh, mm -hmm. with the, with the question at the end. So yeah. I'm looking forward to the next one, man. This was yeah, uh, man. It was nice talking to you again. You too, buddy. So that's going to do it for today, people. Hope you enjoyed our little chat. If you want to hear more stuff like this, you can check out the playlist on the right and make sure to like and subscribe so we can get a feel for this type of content. We will continue to improve the audio quality and structure of this podcast going forward. If you're looking for more resources to help your journey as an environment artist, you can head over to the website, which is linked down in the description below, where you will find stuff like the weekly blog, tips and tricks, tutorials, and much more. Also, if you're interested in our portfolio, show notes, or the Beyond Extend website itself, then you can find those links in the description below too. But that's going to do it from our side. Thanks so much for joining us, and thanks to all of our awesome Patreon supporters who made this possible.